Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you again. Today is Friday, May 28th, and we have the best of the week from Jaguars Broadcasting, including reaction to the start of organized team activities from head coach Urban Meyer. Center Brandon Linder explaining why all 90 players are in for voluntary offseason workouts. Plus, wide receiver Marvin Jones Jr. explains the cohesion of the 2021 Jaguars. Remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Give us a comment and a five-star rating. Let's start with organized team activities. This week, there were three OTA practices, with Thursday's workout open to the media for the first time. It was the first time to see Trevor Lawrence and the rookies with the veterans, and the first time to see a certain tight end that is dominating the headlines. After Thursday's practice, head coach Urban Meyer met with the media over Zoom to discuss the first week of work. Urban, you've talked before about how important the sports performance stuff is here. Um, but you haven't hired anybody to replace Chris Doyle yet. I'm wondering, is, is that in the plan anytime soon, or are you going to kind of go without one this year? Yeah, at this point, I think we're going to uh, stand pat. Uh, I've uh, watched it very closely. Obviously, that's an area that, you know, if, I know, Mike, we've been, uh, followed each other for a long time. That's something that's been A1A with Mickey Marotti and the training staff. But these guys have been phenomenal. Uh, so I, uh, that's an evaluation every day. At this point, I, I'd grade our guys an A+. Plus. And not I grade them, but the players do uh, at the end of the day. And so at, as of right now, there's, we're, we're, we're standing pat. Okay, and I have a quick Tebow follow-up. Um, what is the plan for him? Is the plan for him to just be strictly a tight end, or is your plan for him to kind of do a lot of stuff, wildcat quarterback, carry the ball short yardage, you know, that kind of stuff? I think it's uh, one step at a time and uh, see what happens. You know, I think uh, – before you start having those conversations, you got to feel where he's at in the depth chart, et cetera. So obviously it's only been a couple of days, so um, we have not had uh, that conversation as an offense yet, offensive staff. Hi, Urban. I know during rookie camp, uh, Trevor was definitely on a pitch count, and you had alluded to hopefully by mini camp he wouldn't be. What's kind of the status in terms of how you're dividing up the quarterback reps and how Trevor is doing with obviously a full team around him? Yeah, he had a great day yesterday, okay day today. Um, but there, I just talked to Coach Shot because I knew he'd be uh, asked that question. Uh, I just want to give you the right answer, and that is that he's not necessarily on a pitch count. They monitor every throw, and if there's anything they have to adjust, they will. And it's been, it's been full speed ahead since the last two, three practices. So I don't want to say he's off a pitch count because they're monitoring every throw. But, but uh, when you have three quarterbacks, four quarterbacks, he's not getting overused right now. We just on an hour and a half practice, you just don't get really enough throws. And you mentioned he had a good day yesterday, okay day today. What maybe did you see yesterday that you didn't see today? Well, big reason it was red zone emphasis, and that's that's uh, you know obviously a very hard area of the field. The field changes, especially against NFL talent all over the field, and and defense had the upper hand today. You know, it wasn't just him, so. Uh, just new area of the field, which is why you spend so much time down there practicing. Completely different game. Very accurate, uh, very accurate yesterday. Today, was just we, we all struggled, not just him, offensively. The full press conference available on Jaguars.com. After practice, I caught up with eighth-year center Brandon Linder. All 90 players were in attendance Thursday in a voluntary period. Not many teams in the league can say that this offseason. Linder explained why and much more. We got a young team, um, you know, a new coaching staff. So obviously, you got guys coming in 
uh, trying to get better and show their value. Um, it's been exciting, man. You can see the culture changing. You can feel the culture changing. Um, and I mean, everyone's ready to work and, and get this thing moving in the right direction. It seems like there's confidence in the offensive line since all the starters are back. And the, the offensive line coach, George Warhop's back. What did that tell you about last year's performance as a group and then keeping it together, keeping that cohesion? Is How important is that for an offensive line to be back together? Yeah, I mean, it's huge. I'm, I was so excited when find out that Warhop's you know going to be staying and then obviously you know we got all the same guys in that room um I mean we're fired up you know we we're, it's a tight it's a tight group tight room we hang out outside the building I mean we're truly you know friends and we truly love each other so I know we're excited and we're excited to set the tone starting with starting with our you know group all right Urban Meyer is he as advertised? Uh, you, you hear about him, you've seen him on TV, you, you know, you've won a lot of football games in his past. What's he like in this building as the head coach? Uh, he's, he's been doing great. Here he is right now. <laughs> no, he's been changing the culture. Um, I mean, it's been great. Again, as a guy who's won, I mean, the guy's won everywhere he's got. You know, he's got a successful formula. So, I mean, there ain't no question in it here. Everyone's bought in. Everyone's all in. And, I mean, he's a, he's a player's coach. You know, he's given us the best something we haven't had around here in a while. Um, he's given us everything we need to succeed, but in return, you know, he's at, he's going to ask it out of us, right? You know, we got, when we get on that field, we're ready to work. And that's the whole mentality that he's been that he's been driving home. So, no, it's been great. I'm fired up. The full visit with Brandon Linder aired on Thursday's Jaguars Happy Hour radio show, archived on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. Moving to wide receiver, and Marvin Jones Jr. joined the team this offseason as a free agent, most recently with the Detroit Lions. At the OTA practices this week, Fernando Lovo, the chief of staff for head coach Urban Meyer, is on the speaker system, giving players the next item on the practice schedule and counting down time until the next period. Jones reacted to that and explained how a team comes together. I mean, it's definitely different. You know, it's something that I, I've never, you know, been a part of. Uh, but it's pretty cool, you know, just because um, you know what's coming next, you know, because he's going to say it a hundred times. <laughs> so, like, so it, it gets you ready for, you know, it gets you ready for all the energy that's going to bring. Like, you know, when we go to individual period and we go to team, you know, he's yelling and, and um, constantly reminding us to, hey, bring the injury. <laughs> bring the injury. Bring the energy, um, you know. So um, it's something that's different. Um, but it's something definitely that I that I like, you know, just because it gets everybody going, gets everybody rolling um, in the right direction. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's been great. Can you talk a little bit about just how the cohesion and uh, the togetherness has been out there? This, how would you compare that to where you've been at, at your other previous teams? Well, I think I think in, on a lot of teams, there's a lot of there's a lot of cohesion. You know, um, all the teams that I've been. Um, been with uh, or a part of, uh, we've had we've had cohesion. So um, I think this is no different. Um, I think it brings a different element just because um, you know, like like we said, you know, all the, all the energy that it brings, and um, we're always together, um, you know, on that field, and you know, moving at 100 miles an hour, you know, so you get to experience that with each other, um, you know, and that comes great responsibility because you know, when everything's going fast, 
Um, you need to rely on your on your brothers to, you know, hey, if somebody misses a car, somebody does something like, you know, um, or if somebody's over here, you got to pull them in the right direction. So like everybody's always communicating. And I think when you have that, you know, kind of that chaos is, is, is great because it, the communication has to go has to go up, you know. So um, that's one thing that I like about the energy and in, um, in the cohesion that we have. Um, but, you know, it's, it's been a short time. But I mean, obviously, all of the individual groups, you know, have been together uh, for for some time now. So we have cohesion there and, you know, it it. It, it transferred nicely into the into the team, into um, you know all of the groups. So it's good. The full Marvin Jones Jr. press conference available on Jaguars.com. That wide receiver room will be closely watched when we get into training camp. There are some familiar names around, of course, DJ Chark Jr., LaVisca Chenault Jr., Colin Johnson, and they're mixed in with plenty of new faces. Jones, Philip Dorsett, Jalen Camp, Jamal Agnew, and on the Huddle Up podcast Wednesday, Bucky Brooks, John Osher, and I took social media questions, including one about that wide receiver room. At Evanoff Joel, staying at wide receiver, do you view DJ Chark as a true number one? Or are we still lacking a true number one receiver? John, I'll, I'll let you start with this. I kind of wonder, I don't know that you need a true number one. It's nice to have, but it gets talked about so much. And it's nice if you have an alpha or whatever. I think DJ, I guess I'm avoiding the question, but Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault and DJ Chark give you uh, three one A's potentially. Um, can DJ be... I guess they're asking if he can be Julio Jones, if, if he can be that level of guy where you pay that guy and then have everybody else sort of be B. I think DJ can get close to it. And I don't know if we have any idea if he is or not, because he hasn't played with a big time quarterback yet. So he sure looked. I'll tell you what I was always impressed with with DJ Bucky was when he first started to come along in 2000. What year was it, J.P.? 19 when he was when he was really good yeah what he could do that was different was when he crossed the middle of the field he could snatch the ball on the run make that high point catch without really slowing down and could turn that into a 25 yard play and he had really good instincts and speed and ability to accelerate that's a route not every receiver can run and he could really turn that into an explosive play so, again, I don't want to say he's going to be Julio, but I think he can be good enough that – I think a team can be good with him as your best receiver. Put it that way. Yeah, no, this is – man, this is a question that has so many layers to it, right? I would say from a philosophical standpoint, by definition, a number one receiver is a guy who commands double teams when they step onto the field. They not only command the double team, but they have the ability to beat double coverage. Um, you obviously have seen it, John, in a few different places. When you think about Jimmy Smith, Jimmy Smith was a number one receiver. Everyone in the stadium knew the ball is going to 82, but you can't do anything to stop it. And then if you go to your time in Indianapolis with Marvin Harrison, and even later Reggie Wayne, uh-huh. everybody knows that the ball is going to 88. And no matter what the strategy or tactic, you cannot diminish their impact on the game. So that's kind of how to find it. Now, you bring up another point, and I will say this. You do not need a number one receiver to win in the National Football League. But the better the quarterback, the lesser the need for a number one. If you have an A-plus quarterback, you can win with a bunch of Bs on the perimeter because the quarterback is going to put the ball in spots that allow those, those B-level receivers to be able to win. When the quarterback is not an A, 
then you need better receivers to overcompensate for what the quarterback might be lacking. So Trevor Lawrence could very well come into the league, and if he lives up to what we think he might be, B.J. Chark, LaVisca, and those other guys will look like ones because the quarterback is putting the ball in a spot each and every play that allows them to easily get the job done. And so some of it is quarterback, some of it is receiver. It's kind of like the chicken and the egg debate. We'll know more once we get a chance to see Trevor Lawrence year one, year two, to determine whether DJ Chark is a guy. I would say on surface, I think DJ Chark is more of a complimentary wide receiver, a number two, with the potential to play like number one in the right environment and in the right scheme. So we'll see. Yeah, I thought he showed flashes of it in 19 at times. Mm-hmm. And the big thing he has to get past Bucky is is uh, that ability to win and be productive even when he's being doubled. That's the next step. And, you know, I don't know that he's had a chance to show that yet in the last couple of years. The most interesting thing anybody ever ever told me about the number one receiver, real early, real early in my time in Indy, I asked Tony Dungy about the importance of Marvin Harrison being elite. And at the time, he was elite. This was 2003, 2004, mm-hmm. when he was as good as anybody. And he said, as important as the production is, what they gained from Marvin being a clear elite wide receiver was when they moved him to one side of the field, Marvin Harrison being on the field and, and the great wide receivers dictate the defense and what the defense yes. has to do to you to a degree that that allowed Peyton to be so good at the line of scrimmage. When they sent Marvin over here, they knew they had to have two safeties with him. They knew they had to shade coverage. Mm-hmm. They knew in advance what the defense would have to do. And it dictated what else the offense could do. It made them that much more efficient. And I think that sometimes gets lost. You look at a, at a number one receiver's production and think, okay, he had 1,100 yards receiving. Well, in Indy when I was there, what enabled that offense to be so good was the defenses were so scared of what Marvin had to do or could do that they had to cover them a certain way. And that helped Peyton immeasurably for a while. The Huddle Up podcast runs Wednesday mornings on the Jaguars official podcast network. When we return, a reminder with all the noise, Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback. Plus, the Daily's play schedule and a couple of business office promotions. All that after this. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSP, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars broadcast weekend review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. And single game tickets for the 2021 season are on sale now. For any ticket questions, visit jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000. And as always, thanks for checking out the official Jaguars podcast network. It is a free subscription on Apple iTunes or Spotify or wherever you download your podcasts. This podcast runs each Friday. Jaguars reporters on Monday, the Huddle Up Pod on Wednesdays, the Ozone Podcast, and much more. Give us that five-star rating. Let's rewind to Monday's Jaguars Reporters Podcast. Ashwin Sullivan, John Osher, Brian Sexton, and I had a friendly reminder about what is the most important thing with the Jaguars this offseason and beyond, no matter the national noise. Don't let the noise 
around the Jaguars distract you from the fact that Trevor Lawrence is the most important story. John, you've made this point before in, in over the last few weeks, whenever things have come up, whatever. Yeah, but Trevor Lawrence. Right. You know, that's the answer to, to pretty much everything. You know, there's a lot of Urban Meyer did this out of the national media right now. Urban Meyer did that. ETN's playing wide receiver. It's Tebow time. There's changes in the coaching staff. How's it going in Jacksonville? Well, the answer every time how it's going is Trevor Lawrence is on the team. He still has to go put in the work and earn the respect of his teammates and coaches, which we all think he will, but... When he does, look out. Trevor Lawrence is on the football team. That's the answer. That's how it's going. I want to weigh in with this quick thought. He's the most important story, I think, that that has happened to this franchise. If not one of the two or three most important ever, he's right near the very top. Yes, this is the biggest story that's happened to the Jaguars. And I've been here since the beginning. You have too, John. Um, What he means to this franchise is... Well, we could take the whole podcast. And that that plays to your point, which is it's not just... A big story, it's the biggest story. And I think the reason that there's going to not be a whole lot of discussion around him is uh, within the Tebow framework, I get questions all the time. Well, this is taking away from what people ought to be talking about, and that's Trevor Lawrence. Well, who cares what people ought to be talking about in May? Does that really matter? I mean, Urban Meyer is not sitting down there going, okay, what's the narrative going to be on May 9th? So that's what I need to do because John's going to have to answer 13 questions. That, I mean, but it gets that grain there when people are talking about this as a debate because Tebow is so polarizing. But the reason that we're not going to talk about Trevor very much, maybe even in OTAs, maybe not in minicamp, maybe not until, you know, and perhaps not even until we see preseason games, we already assume what he is. We assume he's good. There's not much mystery until he's good. The talking points are going to be once we start seeing him on the field to comparing him to what we thought he was going to be. Right now we can talk about the hair, which is beautiful, Shine, by the way. Um, and it until he throws a pass in a game, there's not much narrative to go against what we already think. So I don't think we're going to talk about it a whole lot, but isn't it wonderful he's there? Yes, it yeah. is. And it's, we've also known about it since November, December. We've known for so long that this was happening. It's almost like we prepared ourselves, and when we see him, it's not really a surprise. We had the nugget about mm-hmm. the play calling in the helm, and you're like, okay, that's an adjustment. That was one day. <laughs> now what? You, know, well, you just know. Though, right. I get a lot of questions from Ozone readers about, why don't they talk about Trevor more on ESPN? Well, I have no idea. I don't work for ESPN, but that's you know it makes people angry. We don't hear about Trevor on ESPN. We hear more about Zach Wilson. Well, it's because people nationally don't know how Zach Wilson's going to look. They don't know how you discuss Mac Jones more. Exactly right. Because you have no idea what he's really going to be. The assumption nationally is that this kid's going to be great from day one. I mean, now I don't know if that's true, but that's sort of the assumption. Is well, we don't have to worry about that. That's good. So I don't think you're going to hear very much about him until probably training camp when people start coming in and seeing how he's actually doing. The Jaguars Reporters Podcast runs Mondays on the official Jaguars Podcast Network. Let's wrap this week with Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Thursday. The Daily's Place schedule is about to heat up for the summer and fall. Jeff Lagerman and I discussed that, plus a couple of well-deserved promotions in the Jaguars business office. The Daily's Place schedule logs is really starting to add up now for the spring and into the summer. 
May 30th, 7.30 p.m. It's coming up. It's AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view at uh, Daly's Place. Tickets available for that. I might get into wrestling. I might, I like my, I might start wrestling. Like as I a, saw Jericho today in the hallway, by the way. I think I can hang I'm with about, those guys. I'm about six inches taller than he is. It, are for you? the record, yeah. So I'd, I'd be like Andre the Giant. You, you might. You would outsize all those guys. Uh, June 11th and 12th, the Tedeschi Trucks Fireside Live. Pieces of the te- Tedeschi Trucks Band. Uh, Brad Paisley's coming in July. Blackberry Smoke in August. Lady A, 311. Smoke. Oh, and, and by the way, um, Alice Cooper is coming as well, Logs. October 9th. Tickets at dailysplace.com. He he's got to be in his 70s, right? I mean, he's a huge golf player. They probably swapped him out some golf rounds <laughs> around some of the famed courses in Jacksonville area to get him to come and play. Uh, he would be a fascinating interview, I think. Yeah, born in uh, 1948, so do the math on that. He's been around a while now. 72 years old. Thank you, Joe. So, yeah, check those out. Uh, good good shows coming up at Daly's Place. And if does, you're looking does he still wear the makeup for his concert? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I think he does the whole deal. Ace Freely's right. playing with him, too, the Kiss guitarist. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That should be a good show. Are they both going to be in makeup then? That, now, that's a, yeah, he might be in the Kiss makeup and yeah. then uh, Alice Cooper in the Alice Cooper makeup. That would be. Uh, Do they have the guillotine on when stage? Is the, when still? is that show? That's in uh, October. Oh, what day of the week? Show. October, Saturday night. Are we home or away that week? I don't know. It's October 9th. Let me look. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying we, to game plan. We are, we are home. We All are right. home. The Titans game's the next day at All 1 o'clock. Right. Alice Cooper, the night before. Titans coming to I'm town. I'm going to have to talk to Baselli about getting me some prime oh, seats. Yeah, you know, he's like the mayor seat. of Jacksonville. You know, He gets all these great seats it's, and all that. It's really incredible. Hey, maybe we'll get some seats on the couch. Got to be nice to Baselli for the next nah. six months. Let's go around the Jaguars front office first before we go okay. around the National Football League. And congrats are in order for Mega Parekh and Kelly Flanagan, both promoted to executive vice president roles. Meg is now, and already was, the chief legal officer. She adds executive vice president to her title and handles the um, the legal portion of the Jaguars business, AEW, some Fulham stuff, some development, all this stuff. So Meg is all over the place. Same for Kelly Flanagan, the EVP of business planning for the Jaguars. So uh, congratulations to those two in order. They are rock stars in this office. Well, and, and rock stars, when you say that, rock stars to the people that work here because uh, both Kelly and Mega have great respect. And great, I mean, I'm, I mean, great respect in the work that they do. And congratulations to both of them. Very well deserved. And the, I don't remember them getting much time away. It, it's like they're always on. You know, if there's a, a, a text or an email or something, it's a pretty quick response all the it. time. And yeah, they got it. Almost 24 hours a day, and they, they really work hard. Jaguars Happy Hour Radio airs Thursdays at 4 p.m. on 1010XL AM Radio and the Jaguars' social media accounts. Thanks for subscribing to the official Jaguars Podcast Network on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcast. Leave us a comment if you would, and while you're at it, give us a five-star rating. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.